Hey everybody and welcome to Podcast 54. This week I talk a lot about Dungeon Defenders. Enjoy the show! I didn't play a whole lot more of the Guild Wars beta weekend, but I did play some, so I would guess probably between 6 and 10 more hours. I got up to level, I think, 7, and not quite all the way to 8. It did seem pretty cool in that I could, as I said last time, go pretty much wherever I wanted within reason. There were critters that got, you know, big and mean and would squish me really fast if I got beyond my level range. So there wasn't a whole lot of area to look around in. The cutscenes they have for when you're talking to important characters, which is pretty much your main story, and I don't think I saw any other real cutscenes outside of my main storyline. Again, I I was not even level 8, so I didn't see a whole lot in general. But the cutscenes look very awesome. They are something I always thought... MMOGs should do. Many years ago, Earth and Beyond had something similar where it would zoom in to sort of your your head and shoulders when talking to an NPC vendor or quest giver. So that was cool to see sort of a return to the, I guess you could say, story-driven style of, you know, talking to NPCs. Star Wars The Old Republic also has something similar where it has, you know, sort of cutscenes and zooms into the characters and it's very cinematic in, in how it does it. But the Guild Wars 2 cutscenes look really awesome. The facial animations and the way they move looks really cool. It's very detailed. The clothing that the people wear is really awesome. And, you know, that that can kind of be seen kind of all over the place. The main city, and I think there's only one main city for each race, looks really amazing. It's really huge. I knew it was just enormous, so I didn't even really bother to go in. But the one tiny section of the city that I did go into was just amazing. It felt really alive and that the NPCs all looked fairly different. And they were having, you know, rotating conversations so you could hear them wherever you went. And it doesn't seem like a really big deal, but a fully voiced, you know, game, particularly an MMOG, has a very different feel in terms of, you know, feeling alive and feeling, you know, like a world. There were several events going on. Some of them did seem to be like ones that would repeat. But, you know, like I said, I was really low level. And so that's not, you know, entirely unexpected because people would be, you know, going through there all the time. One cool thing that happened, though, when an event took place in a certain area I had sort of a a resurrection point at, that resurrection point became contested. And while the event was going on and I died, you know, in there, I couldn't resurrect at that point. I had to resurrect further away and come back. Other games have done that as well with events, but, you know, it's something pretty cool that I thought was kind of neat to see. I did get a few pieces of loot that were kind of cool. Um, nothing super special, you know, just lowest rank of cool loot. Green con, as it were. And it was a little bit confusing because the Guild Wars 2 stats are all, you know, differently named than you're used to. So things like Vitality, okay, that's, you know, hit points. 
But what's precision? What does that do? I have no idea. So some of the stats were kind of confusing in that I, I didn't know, you know, what exactly they meant. But I'm sure, you know, with, you know, with the full game and instruction manual, I would, you know, figure out what that meant in time. And, you know, by the time it became really important, I'm sure I could figure it out. You didn't seem to allocate points when you leveled up. Again, I was pretty low level. I did get a couple of, I guess you could call them talent points. And at level 7, I unlocked my first sort of slot for that. And so those you do buy with, you know, your talent points. So that is something you allocate. There are trainers you can respect them at if you don't don't like what you get. I only had like three or four because there are other ways to get them other than leveling. So that's pretty cool. But, you know, I only had like one ability and I was saving up for one other ability. So I really didn't get to check out a whole lot of the, I guess you could say, talent points system. But it looked pretty cool and interesting. I was very happy with the limited number of hotkey buttons. I only got up to number seven unlocked. The first five being weapons, six is a heal, and then seven was that first, you know, like I mentioned, the talent point spec, whatever I wanted to put in there. But it did seem a little bit too limiting in that I didn't have a whole lot of choice. I mean, later on, you know, down the line, I'll have more points to spend, and so, you know, slot six, seven, eight, nine, and zero would be ones I controlled. But it seemed kind of like there weren't enough skills. I mean, you know, the weapon has the weapon skills, and that's all it is. If you want different skills, you have to get a different weapon. So while very cool, it did seem a little bit limiting. I don't know how that'll work, you know, long term. You know, how players play and at the end game and all that. It did seem to fit in pretty nicely with the action style. You know, it isn't trying to be the deepest game in the world. Trying to be, you know, something you can jump in and play for a few hours and then, you know, go do other things. So it does that, uh, you know, very well, and I like it for that. Again, I'm still not entirely sure if I'm going to keep my pre-order because, you know, like I said, it, it turns out that I'm probably not going to have anyone I play with. And so this, you know, being a social game and me not having anyone to play with, I, I don't know how appealing it will be or interesting, you know, long term. Maybe, you know, maybe if I'm in a home and things are settled by the time it launches, um, you know, maybe I will pick it up, even though I, I probably still won't have people to play with, you know, because it's probably, I would guess, three to four months away. You know, that's a total guess. But, you know, while it's possible I could be in a home by then, it's it's much less likely I would have new friends that would be, you know, interested in playing. So, I don't know. I, I guess we'll see. If you are somebody who is looking for an online game and is looking for something light and quick that is not Diablo 3, I would say you might want to give this a look, uh, especially if you're tired of the whack-a-mole style that MMOGs have had to date. This uh, offers something different, and The Secret World also offers something different, and that's coming out pretty soon. But it might have you know, a much deeper system in terms of you know skill choices, because they had something like over 500 skills, so you've got a lot more choice there. But again, uh, you know, I haven't really seen much of Secret World, so I'm still very concerned on the amount of content because it doesn't look like there's going to be a whole lot there. And, you know, with a monthly fee of some kind, I would be very concerned that it wouldn't be interesting to play long term. And thus, you know, one of those MMOGs with a subscription, you wind up playing for a few months and then dropping the subscription and then you never play again. 
which I don't know. I'm getting kind of tired of doing that, and that would be pretty disappointing. I think they should, you know, consider an alternate subscription model for games like that, you know, that are short on content or, you know, that a player beats in one or two months and then they're just doing the same thing over and over and over. You know, they don't really need to pay a subscription for that. You know, they shouldn't have to if there's, you know, not enough content to keep them interested. Anyways, kind of a side tangent there, because I ran out of stuff to say about Guild Wars 2. So that's it for this section. So the people I play online games with wanted to play something different this last weekend. So we picked up Dungeon Defenders, which has been out for a while. The basics of it are that it is a tower defense game, but it's in, you know, full 3D. So you can go all the way down to first person view or all the way out to, I guess, you know, top down perspective. But you're not making a ton of towers, as it were. You're just making a few of them. And then your hero unit, as it were, runs around and pew-pews the bad guys that are coming in through the various entry points. And the towers are pew-pewing them as well. So you've got different kind of heroes that do different kind of tower structures. Some aren't even towers. One guy I played was all traps, which didn't seem terribly interesting to me. I'm not really a trapper, you know, poison kind of guy. So while it looked cool to start with, I, I played it a little bit and it's like, yeah, I don't really like this guy. So then I changed to a mage, who is all about kind of ranged pew-pew. And his towers are also doing a lot of ranged pew-pew. It's kind of funny, because they look like big hands. And so when I was talking with my online friends, I'd just be like, Oh, talk to the hand! But the basic tower does a little pew-pew, and then there's a fireball tower. And uh, there's like a lightning tower that does chain lightning against all the bad guys it can hit. And it slows them down a little bit. And there's another tower I, I haven't seen yet. I don't know what it does. As well as having one barricade kind of thing. So you can, you know, drop that in front of towers and then the bad guys have to stop. Otherwise, they'll they'll just kind of walk right by your towers. So that's kind of a, a bad deal. There's a knight character as well who is... I think he's designed to mostly fight in melee. And all of his towers, I think, are like defensive things. They're like walls and that kind of thing. They aren't really high damage ranged kind of things. It was pretty fun. Um, Me and my friends had a good time. We did discover that we have to be really, really careful about building stuff because it seems like you get a certain amount of build points, as it were. And it's shared between all of the people playing the game. So, like, we had, you know, 80 build points and... They were all running around building stuff and building stuff and building stuff. And I'm like, hmm, hmm, where should I put my stuff? And by the time I thought about where to put it, all the points were used up. And I'm like, oh, I don't get to build any stuff. I mean, it doesn't really matter. I mean, you know, the different people build different towers. And I'm actually playing the same class as somebody else in the group. So here I can conceivably have the same kind of towers. So it's actually kind of not beneficial for each of us to put down towers unless... You know, we're putting them down strategically. 
But the game is also kind of interesting because even though we only got to about level 10, there are sort of stat points, and there's four for the hero and four for the towers. So you could have two people that are, you know, the same class, but have completely different specs. Like when I started, I was going pretty heavily into my hero, and I decided, you know, I don't really like that. That's not the style I am playing in. So I've restarted, and now I'm putting a lot more points into the tower boosts. So someone else, say, who, you know, does do a lot of points in their hero, or maybe their towers are specced out a certain way, like maybe their maximum range and maximum speed versus, you know, me who is boosting them somewhat evenly, but I'm going to boost a little bit more into the damage and radius and leave the speed and health a little bit more behind. So my towers will probably be more like a... I guess you could say like a last line of defense because they're slower and harder hitting, but they have, you know, a, a bigger radius. Anyways, lots of cool strategies about it to check out and uh, discover. And I've only played a short while, maybe five hours or so total so far. So maybe I'll have more to talk about later. But it seems pretty interesting. There were several maps with different difficulties and the different difficulties you know, have different bad guy types, I would assume. And there's different loots, and the different loots can be upgraded a certain amount of times, which boosts the stats that they do have. So if you find, a, you know, like a weapon or whatever that does a certain thing that you like, you can just, you know, upgrade that instead of going for different loot. And there's a shop, and although it's very limited, it sells different loots, and there's pets that it sells. I don't exactly know what the pets do. I know that they boost certain stats, and it's possible they fight with you as well. I don't know. I haven't uh, gotten enough monies yet. Cheapest one is like 35000 and I have like 10 So I'm quite a ways away from finding out what pets do. Oh, but one interesting thing is that your monies and your stuff are shared through the entire account. And you can change your character between levels anytime you like. There's a build phase and a combat phase. So... When you're in the build phase, you can swap out your character. So whatever loot you get, you get for, you know, any of your characters. And then whatever money you get, you get to spend and bank, um, you know, for each character. So that seems pretty cool. So it's a different recording session for me now. According to the login screen, last I saw, I have played about 35 hours. So I've played quite a bit now. And considering I bought the base game for 15 bucks and paid 5 bucks for some extra characters that are pretty much the same as the originals, and then I paid 3 bucks for one, it turns out I didn't really like it, I consider myself to have gotten a pretty good deal on price because, you know, that's a lot of playtime for, you know, basically 25 bucks, with only really 15 of it being critical to spend. I have not passed the point in the game where I was with my online friends, so I've just basically been doing the, you know, dungeons that we cleared. I did play a little bit with one friend, you know, just me and him, to catch him up to the rest of the group a little bit, because there was a dungeon we did without him, and he was a few levels behind, so I did do that. One of the characters is the same class as my main character, I guess you could call it. And so that one is pretty much my highest level character now because I've spent the most time with that character because I like it the most. It's a caster and it's sort of a traditional tower-based character. My second favorite is pretty much a knight character. 
they're they've got a couple different names for them for some reason. They have named the male and female versions different names. I don't I don't know why. I guess because they have like one different power. Where I was kind of on the fence about it at first, I now actually like it quite a bit. I have been spending most of my points in the character, you know, the hero itself, not the towers. Because the, the intent with that character is that since it's kind of a melee focus to begin with, I thought I would get, you know, a second character in there that is pretty much the complete opposite of my main character. That way, if I'm playing with some friends that have, you know, enough towers or they don't want to feel, you know, I guess undervalued since they're playing the same class as my main, I could switch to this one, which is one I, I really don't think anyone else would be interested in playing. And then, you know, I can do something that's different. And since I'm not focused on the towers, I'm not going to use up the resource the tower uses. So, you know, they can all build the towers and I will just smash people in the face. But it's kind of interesting because, like I said in the section before this, you know, it depends on how you build that character. I have a very high focus on the character itself, but you don't have to do that. You could split it between tower and hero, or you could actually, you know, spend a lot of points on the towers, which I, I don't know why you would on a character that's melee focused. But I suppose maybe that would be more like of a, you know, last line defender kind of build. But that's one of the things that I think is really cool and has really drawn me into the game. It's because, you know, just because you are the same class as somebody doesn't mean you have the same build. And, you know, even if you focus on, you know, just the hero or just the towers, you know, in a similar way, that doesn't mean you have the same exact spec because there are four talents. And maybe, you know, you've spent the points differently with that. I did look at the monk class, which is the other melee character. That seems kind of more of a hybrid, though, because he has ranged with his offhand attack button and melee with the main hand button, so he can kind of do both. Whereas the knight character, the offhand button is a block. And I gotta say, it's pretty awesome if you actually block, because some of the equipment will give you such high bonuses for blocking, you effectively negate 100% of the damage that's incoming. Now, you do have to hold it, and that's all you can do is just stand there and block, so... It's not like you're going to be using it a ton because it takes, you know, a half second or so to trigger and then you sit there and then you can't do anything. But it's like you'll wade and wade and wade through all the little tiny guys just smush, 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 smush and, you know, totally kill them. But you get up against the big guy and, you know, maybe you might want to block when you see him going to swing and, you know, block the damage and then attack. Otherwise, you can take a lot of damage, especially if there's more people in the group and, you know, you've set it higher. Because I think it scales for more people as well as scaling for higher difficulty. So if you've got it like, you know, a full group on hard, you charge the wrong monster and you're just going to get squished. Or even little monsters, like there's little guys that have big bombs on their back. If you don't get out of the way of them, they'll just explode and you'll just be totally dead. But I was talking about the monk. And the main reason why I didn't really like the monk, even though I did like sort of the, the, the mixed style of melee and range is that his towers are basically the same kind of style as traps. They're called auras, but they sit in an area. They aren't around the character. So, you know, like I said, they are kind of like traps, and I, I just don't like that aspect of people have to walk through it to take damage. As opposed to a regular tower, which I guess is more offensive. You know, it shoots at the bad guys instead of the bad guys having to walk right up to it. One cool thing, though, about the monk auras, I do have to say, is that you can put them on top of or really, really, really close to other towers and traps. 
Whereas normal towers and traps, they have to have a certain, you know, pretty small, but a certain amount of distance between them. You can't put them right next to each other. But when my friend was playing the monk, he was he was getting kind of into it, and he discovered that, you know, you can put these auras right on top of each other, or you can put this aura right on top of, you know, this other tower thing. And so they kind of combine with with other towers. So that's a pretty cool strategy. And the one last character I bought as an add-on that I didn't really like was a barbarian. He's supposed to be pure melee. He doesn't have towers or traps. He's supposed to have, I, I guess, basically stances, you could call them. But I only played him to about level 3 or 4, and I'll probably suffer through him to level 10 to give it a, a really fair chance, because that's like an hour total. But he was incredibly slow, and even though he can dual wield, the interface is kind of a pain, so it's kind of difficult to sort of equip correctly in dual wielding. I didn't really try it out too much, but it's basically you just push a single button to grab a weapon. But since he's dual wielding, you know, is it going to go in his right hand or his left hand? I don't know. I have no idea. There's no way to really control for that. And the attack buttons are left button for left hand, right button for right hand, instead of attacking with both weapons. You have to do this crazy right, left, right, left, right, left pattern to make him do sort of a, a dual attack single swing, which seems kind of weird to me. It's like, I get you know, the idea of having different effects on different weapons, and it's like, maybe, okay, this guy's invulnerable to fire. I have fire on my right hand. I'll use my left hand on this guy, you know, to make sure I do maximum damage. You know, I get that. But the execution of it, I think it, it didn't really play well. It didn't feel right. So I'll just, you know, stick to the night because I didn't, I didn't like the way that worked out. So that was kind of sad because, you know, I spent three bucks for it. I almost completely forgot what I was going to say about it. But it is, you know, always sad when you do that and you pay for the downloadable content and then it's not that great or, you know, you don't like it at all. Again, that is one of my, I guess you could say, pet peeves about downloadable content is that I spent the money for it. I don't like it. You know, I will still try out the character, but I, I expect I won't like him. And then it's like, you know, I'm stuck with him. He's on my account. I can't, I can't sell him to anybody, unlike a physical product. So, you know, in that since I really don't like downloadable content because then it's, you know, bound to your account forever and ever and ever, like it or not. But overall, I do really like the game. It's a lot of fun. Um, I would say, though, that you absolutely need a group of friends to play with because while playing by myself is fun, if I didn't have that regular group of friends, if I was just playing this on my own, I probably would have burnt out and stopped playing by now because it's not terribly interesting solo. The fact that, you know, it does scale and people have different, you know, towers and abilities make it really, really interesting when you're playing with a group. So I think it's definitely one of those games you need a good group of friends with. And I specifically stress friends because I suppose you could say there are ways to grief online with just a general group. Because the loot just drops in general for everybody. So somebody who is, you know, a butthead could just run around and snag all the loot all the time and not let anybody else get any and so that becomes you know really problematic I don't know if there's a way to kick somebody like that or you know ignore them or not play with them but that's just you know one of those things that I would not want to play with random online people because you know there's the potential for that or they could be you know poop talkers or just general buttheads in other ways or just you know do crazy things so I would not be interested in that, but, you know, if you have a regular group of friends that you would play with, I would highly recommend it. It's a lot of fun.
So I guess that's it for this time. And that's all I can think of. Diablo 3 and The Secret World and Max Payne 3 are all coming up in a few weeks. But that's, you know, a few weeks from now. It's not anything really to talk about this time. I definitely will be picking up Diablo 3. I've already pre-ordered it, so technically it's already bought, as it were. I don't know if I'll really have anything else to say once I do get it. Because, you know, I, I have been in the beta for a while. And I don't really expect there to be anything terribly different in the release game that I didn't see, you know, at least in basic form, in my time in the beta. Being a Blizzard product, I expect there to be a lot of awesome story and a lot of awesome cutscenes. But that's, you know, not really something I can talk about on a podcast other than say there's awesome story and awesome cutscenes. I don't have the spare money, um, so I will be passing on Max Payne 3 and The Secret World in particular. Because as I mentioned about my Guild Wars experience, I don't have anyone that I know that would play The Secret World. And that, you know, being an MMOG is really kind of something you must have a group to play with. Otherwise, I think it's not going to be terribly interesting. Once upon a time, I did play MMOGs, you know, single because I didn't really have a choice. Now, it's like sometimes I have a choice. I wouldn't really say, you know, I can force my friends into playing, so I I don't have a choice in that way. But I think these days, I'm just not terribly interested in games that, you know, my, my friends that I play with would not be, you know, playing alongside me. If they are, you know, an online game or, you know, multiplayer in some fashion. Because games that are, you know, designed around that typically aren't very fun or interesting in uh, a single-player fashion. So I, I don't expect to be picking up The Secret World anytime soon unless, you know, my life changes and I get more money or, you know, I'm suddenly back in home and everything's happy. And, you know, maybe then I would pick it up. Additionally, it will have a monthly fee, so that is, you know, again, something else that would sway me from playing, you know, since I don't have a group of friends to play with. That's kind of an extra ouchie for those, you know, who are single players, I guess you could say. Max Payne 3 still does look very awesome, but, you know, again, I just, I don't have the money. I am slowly draining away money from the car money that I had. It originally started at about 17 to maybe 18.50 that I could spend, but now it's like I had to buy some clothes and I had to spent some money on some school stuff that I didn't have in the budget for some reason. And I was sick for the past few weeks. I'm still a little bit sick, so I'm not entirely over it. But you know, I spent a little bit of money on medicine there and some money on some over-the-counter medicine, so I probably lost a good 50 bucks there as well. So you know, it's down around like 1600 that I could spend on the car. So it's not like I can't get a car anymore, you know, compared to before. It's just a little bit lost. But, you know, that extra couple of hundred bucks that has disappeared over the last six months, you know, is something that is starting to become more restrictive. So, you know, extra things like, you know, 60 bucks for Max Payne 3 will probably have to disappear and go back off the budget. And, um, you know, maybe I'll pick it up in the future. Oh, P.S., um, anybody who enjoys my silly voices might want to look at my Facebook page or the note page for the show. Because I will have a link to the Death D4 Dishonor soundtrack that I made. And it's got me doing um, silly voice intros for the various characters on the show. So, you know, that would be cool and fun to check out for those of you that enjoy my silly voices.
But I guess I rambled a super lot in my clothes. And um, I guess that is it for the reels. And hopefully I will see everybody next time. Okay, thanks, bye. You know, at least in basic form in you know, my time. So, you know, ex extra... Come on, big fella, let's see what you got. You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash rabbit's ramblings dot html. If you would like to send me an email, you can do so at rabbit at rabbit.com. If you friend me, you can also post on Facebook at rabbit.com. You can follow me on Twitter and YouTube at rabbitdotcom. It's rabbit.com, but with not a period. When you type rabbit's ramblings, don't use the space, and be sure to put the number one in place of I whenever you type rabbit. Rabbit's Ramblings is copyright 2012 and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license.